What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Welcome back to Extra Innings Post Game Show with Bill Lasky, and I am just so honored to have my uh, good friend on on the post game show. Of course, he did so many different things in the front office. He was in player personnel. He was in baseball operations. He also was the general manager. Let's bring in Bobby Evans today. Bobby, how are you? Hey, doing very good, Bill. Thanks for having me. Well, today, a celebration of 2012 World Series. The ceremony took place earlier today. A lot of players coming out, plus Bruce Bochy and the coaching staff. How are you excited in 10 years already, Bobby? You know, it doesn't seem like 10 years. It it really does, and I, I can't believe it. I was listening to some of the interviews of some of the guys, and, you know, they they obviously, you know, are talking about what they're doing now outside of baseball or, or some of them in baseball. And, of course, you know, we still have Belt and Crawford and, and maybe some other guys still in uniform out there. But, you know, it's it's amazing how, how time flies, and, and yet here we are with uh, a 10-year reunion. It's pretty cool. Well, I want to catch up a little bit with the fans on some of the memories that I remember after the 2010 World Series, which was just an awesome, awesome ride. Uh, 2011 comes in and a a major injury comes down. Buster Posey uh, has a collision with Scott Cousins at home plate, and he goes down on May 26, 2011. And that proceeds into what I want to ask you. Then the surgery comes on. We really don't know. The Giants don't know how well he's doing and the progression and now we come into 2012 into spring training was this one major focus that you guys in the front office were watching through the offseason and going into the 2012 spring training yeah well first of all that that collision at home plate really changed the, the trajectory of our 2011 season i mean we had probably one of the best starting staffs that we had in any of our three years of winning the championship and yet um, without Posey, without his bat, we just couldn't generate enough offense. And so we knew how important he was to a 2012 club. I mean, there's no no question about it. But we, you know, it was really such a significant injury. I mean, you know, he, you know, he was going to have to, you know, quote, unquote, get used to playing with some pain. And, you know, he doesn't – he plays in a position where there's already a lot of pain. And, you know, we didn't know what the – you know, what the – playing time would look like or how we'd be able to manage and balance, you know, really all of, all of the demands of the game and especially at that position. And yeah, we were, we were, you know, coming to spring training with high hopes, but, you know, obviously, you know, very concerned. Well, no doubt about it. Madison Bumgarner, Matt Kane, both agreed to six-year contract extensions, and that had to make you happy. But on the other side, Brian Wilson gets a, a season-ending elbow injury requiring Tommy John surgery, and that was in the month of April. And next thing you know, you're scratching your head because you open the season 0-3, and sure enough, Barry Zito throws a shutout of all places Coors Field. Let's just talk about the pitching staff right now as we start. Yeah, I mean we were we were very fortunate. I mean Barry 
Barry Zito, you know, it was a big season for him. We, we, we take it all the way into the postseason, of course, but he, you know, he had something to prove. I mean, he, he was very disappointed, you know, at 2010. And, you know, I, I always consoled him. I'm like, you, you threw 200 plus innings in 2010. We don't win in 2010 without you. But obviously, not being on the postseason roster really bothered him. And so as we got into the um, postseason in 2012, he was. You know, obviously, you know, coming off a much better season in 12 and was going to be an active part of the roster. And, yeah, I mean, that was just the beginning of a great season for him. I mean, you know, we we obviously – I think we lost the the next day, got blown out. But, you know, it was a a, a rough start to a 2012 season, but not for Zito. Well, a lot of things happened that year, especially with Matt Cain. He throws a one-hit shutout in April against the Pirates. And sure enough, what does he do? Matt Cain on June 13th throws a perfect game, 125 pitches. That was just the the top of the mountain at that time for Matt Cain before we even get into the playoffs. What did you see different about Matt Cain that year? Because he had an exceptional year. Well, you know, you always wonder, you know, are you signing a guy a year too early or a year too late? And, you know, this was going to be a free agent year. And so if we were going to, if we were going to get him, we, you know, this was our chance in, in spring training. And, and so a lot of, a lot of us felt like the fact that we got him signed just allowed him to pitch more freely without reservations, without holding back. And, and it produced a, a tremendous year for him and, and, you know, that, you know, none better than that perfect game, but, you know, we were certainly counting our blessings that he was on our side, you know, as we got deeper in the season. One of the things that happened that year was Madison Bumgarner. He continued to throw pearls up there. He was competing left and right, hitting home runs. That was one of the key things we loved about watching the Mad Bum. Uh, something special about him that draw your attention to 2012? Well, I mean, he was he was so young in 2010, and um, and you know, you know, still cutting his teeth really in the big leagues. Uh, we had just brought him up, you know, uh, you know, in the you know in the you know mid you know I guess very mid part of September the year before for a little look look see, and then he he starts the season at, at in the minor leagues and. So um, in 2010, he comes up and obviously has a great year. And then 11, another great season. But then now 2012, he's really coming into his own. He's becoming, you know, a very key part of that rotation. And now he's got some really good veterans around him. You know, Kane's much more established. Of course, Linscombe's accomplished a lot. Now you've got Vogelsong there, Barry Zito. So he's just really, really around some really great mentors. And uh, he was, you know, he was always uh, dogmatic about being great at what he did. And he was very particular about his uh you know his game plan and prepared hard and and so we got to see a lot of the fruit of that in 12. You know another key point in that rotation was Ryan Vogelsong of course he was out and then you brought him back in and and sure enough 2011 proceeded into 2012 and he just fit right into that rotation as a four or five starter what did you think of him as he progressed throughout the year? Well we look back at, at his time in overseas and you know the, the strike zone i think in 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 asia is just they had a very very small strike zone and so he had to have pinpoint control and i think it really changed his game so when he came over as a as a free agent my early free agent actually in 2011 and then went on to be an all-star in 2011 he, he brought that, a lot of that with him and now in 2012 he's you know he's very comfortable as a giant he, he was drafted as a giant we obviously we made a trade 
um, you know, with him and Armando Rios to the Pirates for Jason Schmidt years earlier. And now he's back and, and he feels right at home. And he's a family guy married with a young son and, and uh, fit right into that clubhouse. And, you know, his, you know, his demeanor, he, he had his game plan. I mean, he was going to, he wore, he wore a, a level of intensity from the day, from the moment he walked in that ballpark and, you know, Nobody wanted to approach him until after the game, and 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 people tease him that that's how he plays golf now. But <laughs> but but, but, uh, but he uh, he does he did have an intensity about him, and I think that was good for the team to see. Well, one of the players you picked up was Melky Cabrera. He had just a great first half of the year, hit hit master. I mean, he had fifty hits in one month, and everything was going great. They go to the All Star game. Melky Cabrera, Matt Kane, Buster Posey, Pablo Sandoval are all on a National League All-Star team. Melky gets named the MVP of the All-Star game, and, and sure enough, he gets suspended for Peds. How difficult was that for your club to kind of put that away and move forward, as well as watching a guy that really was a big part of the offense, and now he's gone? Well, when we acquired him in the offseason, I mean, Dick Tidrow was a very big proponent of trying to, to bring him aboard and – and then we see the kind of year he was having, and it was, and it was just, it was just so refreshing, you know, so consistent, you know, defensively, offensively, and he had such a presence, and he was so well received in that clubhouse and the fan base and the milkman, you know, in the in the stands. I mean, it was it was so exciting, and you know, it was it was just such a letdown, um, you know. And of course, everybody immediately goes to, you know, what are these guys thinking, and you know, you know, looking at looking deeper than you know, the physical, but even the, the character of the player. And, and so it's just so disappointing and, and sad. And then I don't, I don't think he exited well. I think he, you know, he, he really didn't know what to do and he was getting counsel from so many different sources. You know, he exited without really saying a good goodbye to the guys. And that kind of left a sort of a bad taste, I think, in everybody's mouth, unfortunately, although I'm sure that's gotten cleared up over time, but at the time it wasn't good. But I, I will say that it was an opportunity for Boach to really show his leadership. And he stepped into that clubhouse and spoke to those guys and said, look, you got to look at this as sometimes guys get hurt. In this case, it's a little different, but you got you to look at it like that. We still have to come around and do our part, and we got to pick up where, where, we, you know, where we're going to you know, be lacking. And, and his, his presentation, his approach, you know, his demeanor, his calmness about it, you know, I think that really put the team in a good place. You know, and they, they were able to turn a page very quickly and, and, and continue to play good baseball. Well, every year during the trade deadline, uh, the Giants always added players, and you guys added a couple special ones with uh, Hunter Pence also from the Philadelphia Phillies, Marco Scudero from the Rockies, two really tough players, and they really made key points of, of filling your roster and really pushing forward from there on. A, a couple points when you first traded for them, and, and what did you think? Were they were going to fit in or not? Well, Hunter was somebody we sought after in 2011, and he, he was with the Astros at the time, and the general manager, Ed Wade, just had a price tag on him that we just couldn't match. And fortunately for us, the Phillies were falling out of the race, so we had a chance, another chance to go get him. And, uh, you know, the, the deal came together with, you know, really with a, a, lot of, a, a lot of effort. I mean, it was not easy. And we ended up, you know, not giving up. We gave up a couple of very important pieces in that at that time. Tommy Joseph, who was probably one of our top hitting prospects mm -hmm. and a catcher, and and Nate Sherholtz was who was a part of our major league roster. 
but as it turned out, I mean, we obviously we got Hunter Pence and, and another year of control of him the following year, and then we ended up signing him and won another World Series in 2014 with him. And more importantly, we have we have Hunter Pence as one of our our trademarks of this franchise now, and and you know he's you know his contributions you know continue even today, but. But in that in that season, I mean, you know, obviously Melky was gone not long after Hunter arrived, and and that that and Hunter filled the gap right away, right in right field, and Hunter came in with just a enthusiasm that was magnetic, and it was um, it was igniting, you know, that that club, and and offensively, what he was doing was was terrific, and you know, he's a he's a hustler out there in the field, and. You know, and and I look at Scudero, the addition of Scudero. I mean, you know, Brian. This is where Brian just is such the wizard of knowing, you know, one one additional piece that can that can potentially make all the difference. And you know, he wasn't having a great year offensively in Colorado, but our scouts, I've, I've always liked them, and they they believed in him, and they they saw hard contact, but he wasn't getting the 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 on base percentage or batting average that he might otherwise get. He comes here and he he becomes a different player in a sense, you know, it's, it's certainly statistically, um, but his leadership, his presence in the middle of the diamond. Um, you know, made all the difference, and it certainly gave us an opportunity to put Terrio in a different role and Joaquin Arias to continue in a in a utility role, and you know, it it, it paved the way. Boy, it sure did, and sure enough, the Giants finished the regular season atop the NL West with a 94-68 and record. September 22nd, 2012, you clinched the West, and now you got to start looking ahead. You finished in the third seed in the National League. Now you have to go up against the Cincinnati Reds. At that time, the Reds were pretty hot, Dusty Baker being the manager. When you were looking at that matchup, how did you feel? No, it was going to be tough. I mean, their their pitching was going to be tough, uh, uh, and we knew that. Uh, although we, you know, we got we got a break early in the series where Cueto had to leave the game early, and you know, just like you you just you know, like hey, things are falling our way. It's, it's only the first inning, but unfortunately, it didn't go that way. They the Reds fought harder than we did, and they won that they won the first two games of the series, and we're going to Cincinnati down 0-2, which I, I don't think any of us expected. I think we, we had hoped for at least a 1-1 and, you know, certainly, you know, like to have hold, hold serve and win at home, but it didn't happen. And you sure did. You were down two going into Cincinnati with only five games in the series. And sure enough, Ryan Vogelsong goes out in game three and puts zeros on the board. It goes 1-1 after nine. And now you're going into extra innings. And sure enough, a ground ball to Scott Rowland. He proceeds to buff it and the winning run scores. And now you guys win two to one going into game four. Did you feel a little movement, a little motivation possibly break in there? Well, no, you definitely felt a, a, a huge relief. But, I mean, the momentum began even before the game because Hunter Pence just absolutely went off, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and ignited that and ignited that clubhouse. And I know I know, I, I listened to Bochy's, you know, talk right before before Pence, and, and Boach did a great job, but and as good a job as he did, and I think he set the tone, it fired up Pence so much that he got he got on the center <laughs> stage, and you know, the next thing you know, this club, this you think we were up two games and then going into that dugout. Well, you know as well as I do, momentum, adrenaline, you get things going, and the next thing you guys do, you win game three, you come back in game four, and you win eight to three. Then it comes down to game five, Latos against Matt Kane, and what a game that was. Nothing, nothing through four innings. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? 
just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. And then what happens in the fifth inning? Six runs by the Giants <laughs> preceded by a grand slam by Buster Posey. It almost hit the Leto sign out in left center. How were you feeling when that happened? The joy of the front office and Brian Sabian and yourself. What kind of jubilation did you have at that time? No, we. I mean, we're 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 a little superstitious, so we 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 enjoy it for a minute, but then we get right back to our same seats and keep watching. But I I will say that it, it you began to breathe a little relief. I mean, you know, we didn't know what was ahead the next few innings, but we we certainly breathed some relief that we were gonna in a good position, and we liked our chances. And you know, we knock out the starter and you know put ourselves in a position against their bullpen, and you know we've got our guys out there, so. You know, every 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 series, you know, in 2012, and this was no different. I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, Matt Cain was our guy in every deciding game. You know, the game five in Cincinnati being the first of the of the deciding games, and so we felt confident. But you know, things weren't that easy as we saw. Well, now you're off to St. Louis, and the Cardinals and the Giants once again going head-to-head as you did and did so many times. It seemed like every time the Giants were ready to get into the World Series, you had to go through St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> That's right. And sure enough, you go seven games, Bobby, and I tell you what, the seventh game with all the rain and all the different things that happened, just kind of give us a little, uh, you know, what happened in that seven-game series and some of the good points and and some of the troubling points you remember well i mean you know going down 3-1 and we're in st louis i mean that's not a good place to be and and so you know uh zito's got the key game and we're playing pitching game five and it's it's not going to be an easy an easy path for us at this point i mean we we hope we can win the game just take the series home but we're still got an uphill climb uh but zito just throws a an unbelievable (laughs) game and and we pull off you know, a game five win and are able to take this thing home. And, you know, we, you know, we got Vogelsong, I think, in, I think in game six, of course, and then Kane in game seven. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the most disruptive part of that series, though, was the, you know, the slide at second base, which took out Scudero. And, I mean, if, and Scudero was the heartbeat of our, our team in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, there are a lot of heartbeats on that team, don't get me wrong, but yeah. he was one of them. And, and that, that, that slide at second, which, took him out it it looked like that he was he was going to be done and somehow he stays in you know and and finishes finishes uh that game and then the series and and i think the moment where you know he stands in the rain as 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 with game seven concludes you know it's everybody's eyes are on scudero because i mean he's he's the mvp of that series he's standing there holding his arms out in the rain and we're, we're all we're all feeling exactly what he's feeling right now is what a relief! And we're going to win this game. I think what nine to nothing, and mm-hmm. and uh, and Scudero s- survived it, which was you know as much as as much as anything a key a key part of our success. And there he was. I tell you what, six consecutive wins while facing elimination in a postseason. That was just dramatic about this team. They never gave up. And you go all the way back to game one against Cincinnati. And now you get through St. Louis. And the Tigers were facing you, but you had home field advantage, which was a key point here. As you get into game one against the Tigers in the World Series, Verlander against Zito. 
How did you feel going into this series, even though the Tigers had a few more days off as they beat the Yankees? Now you guys are coming right in with a pretty hot lineup and a very successful team ready to roll. Well, I mean, Verlander had been almost perfect the entire postseason. And, you know, not to mention how he finished the season. I mean, you know, and they've got a triple crown winner in the lineup. And uh, so we're – you know, we, we know we've got our work cut out for us. Um, and Zito, Zito's on fire right now. I mean, what he did in St. Louis, I mean, you're not sure that's going to carry over, but, but it, you know, it did. I mean, he didn't have it easy, but he got, he got, he got us that win in game one. Of course, you know, you got Pablo hitting three home runs, two off of Verlander <laughs> and, and, you know, you know, and that, that alone is significant. I mean, you know, you're talking about in 2010 and Pablo Sandoval, being primarily on the bench because he was struggling to, to you know, really to play good defense and, and his weight was up. And so he ended up being on the bench a lot in 2010. In 2010, you know, Zito's not even on the playoff roster. And here are two of the right. biggest contributors in this 2012 postseason. And it shows, tells you a lot about those guys, but also tells you a lot about Boach and how he gives guys another chance. And, oh, no and doubt about it. That Bob from Bruce Bochy and his coaching staff, Dave Rigetti, Mark Gardner, just working the pitchers. You had Flannery. I mean, there's so many great coaches, Ron Wotus, a group that was there for a long time. And uh, that's one, one thing, the confidence factor going into this. You win game one, eight to three. Now you go into game two. And it's a pretty close game, and you pull it out two to nothing in that victory. And now you're going to Detroit, and everybody says, you know, now you're going back to their home field. And it's a whole different resume of players now playing a little bit better in their home whites. And, of course, Detroit, hey, they were upset Looked down 2-0. How did you feel going into Detroit? And you know what? Did you have some momentum you felt? Oh, well, we definitely felt the momentum. But we, we knew, I mean, this, this club – can, you know, at, at home, I mean, they can score a ton of runs and they obviously can pitch. So we, you know, two nothing right now is, you know, is, is not a big lead. And even though it is a, 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 you know, you know, best of seven series, it's still, it's not enough. We've got to, we got to take every game, you know, uh, you know, as a, you know, as a, as a game seven, if you will, just because they're, they're not easy to beat. And, you know, one win or two wins, suddenly the series is tied, and, and they have they have a lot going for them. And we don't want to wake those bats up. I mean, we, we had been pitching them well. We'd been, you know, obviously shut them out in game two. But, you know, there was a strategy and approach to those hitters that, you know, was working. We did not want that to change. And, you know, in their ballpark, there was certainly a lot of risk of that. Well, sure enough, game four wasn't easy. Had to go extra innings to win that one. Of course, uh, Scooter Roy singles home Ryan Terrio with a decisive run in the 10th inning. And sure enough, Sergio Romo is now the closer. He was the closer midseason, and he's going out there, and he's got to get three outs. And, of course, Miguel (laughs) Cabrera looking out for that third batter. That was a tough inning, no doubt about it. And it was a, a situation where you wanted to finish it, take the sweep, Again, how did you feel going into that tenth inning with Sergio on the hill? Well, again, you know, Matt Matt Cain pitches seven strong innings that day. Um, you know, where he's facing Scherzer. I mean, Scherzer, Scherzer and Cain, I think, are both you know in their twenties or maybe t- both late twenties, facing each other in this series, in this game four. Uh, you know, this, the, both the games tied. You know, three three, I guess, late, and we get that that tenth inning run. Mm-hmm. Funny, we didn't start. We didn't start the tenth inning with a runner on second, but we ended up with a runner on second. <laughs> and Terrio with a 
you know, with uh, the you know on second with Scudero getting that base hit and beautiful slide home. So we're we're now in the the tenth inning. Now you have to appreciate the fact that Romo had never had never saved a bigger game in his life. Never before had he saved a bigger game in his life than Game Five in Cincinnati. And it was an incredibly emotional experience for him because he had you know this was this was huge. I mean, this yeah. was a huge deal for him. And now here he comes in. You know, it's freezing cold <laughs> there. And, and, in fact, if, if this game doesn't end in our favor, we're, we the next week of games could be snowed out or frozen out mm-hmm. because of the weather coming into Detroit. So, anyway, you know, for, for Romo to go out there and strike out the first two guys, I mean, you're just thinking, is this, is this real? I mean, <laughs> these, these, are, these, are, these are tough, tough lineups. I mean, this is a tough lineup. And, First two guys strike out. Now he's battling. He's battling with Cabrera and and uh, you know he's slider, 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 and he's either fouled off or he takes it for a ball. And you know and uh, and for him, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that was a fastball that he threw for strike three that he took, but it it looked it looked like it had it was about to make a turn, and and it, I think it fooled I think it fooled him, and he thought he was a mm-hmm. slider, and and it just it didn't it didn't break. It just went right down the middle. <laughs> Strike three, and you know we're you know we're all like I think I think Buster's probably more shocked than any of us, but I mean there we are and sweep. So. It was it was awesome, and I remember interviewing Sergio, and he shook him off, and Buster kept putting slider <laughs> slider down. He shook him off the third time. He goes, I'm throwing a fastball, and he sure enough hit that outside corner with that sinker and came back on, and uh, the celebration started, and it continued uh, on Halloween, October 31st, the parade down Market Street. Uh, pretty clinching for you, Bobby. How did you feel going down Market Street? For the second time, because that happened in 2010, also. No, I just was so happy for these guys. I mean, I think for you know for the coaching staff, the you know the players, the organization, our ownership, our fans. I mean, what 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 a joy! Um, and 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 decisively done. I mean, you know, you know, a, a really great season. You know, winning the division and then battling back in back-to-back series and then winning, argue, beating arguably, you know, the best team in the American League, I mean, with offensively and the pitching staff on that team. I mean, they, they had to go through the Yankees to get to us. Yeah. So obviously, an incredible team. And then to sweep them on top of that, um, you know, it was, it was such a treasure. And, you know, I can't believe it's been 10 years, but such a treasure of, of guys and people and, and the way that they built the unity um, and, 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 and overcame difficulty. I mean, you talked about losing Wilson early, losing Melky Cabrera mm-hmm. midseason, and yet these guys were resilient, and that's part of what makes champions. Well, Bobby, 10 years, like you said, 10 years, and we can picture it like it happened yesterday. And uh, just some great memories from you and some great thoughts about it. And it was a hell of a run for 2012. And, again, congratulations on you in the front office as well as the coaching staff. That was a fun, fun year, and it was great reminiscing with you today. No, what a pleasure, Bill. Thank you very much. That was Bobby Evans on Extra Innings. More coming up right here on KNBR, the sports leader. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.